Well, you know, like how you present your, your business is becoming more and more important in the construction industry. It's becoming just as important as price. And what you're seeing now more often than not is that it's just as important as the bottom line. Hello, innovators. I'm Todd Wyant and welcome to the Bridging the Gap podcast presented by Applied Software. You're invited to join our MEP and construction innovation adventure with a mission to propel this great industry forward. I have two guests today, Tom Dean and Noel Brady. They are the co-founders of Project Mark, which aims to make marketing easy for the AEC industry. Tom is the CEO of Project Mark and previously spent 10 years on the cost and risk management side of construction and has been part of multiple project teams across a range of sectors, touching over 5 billion in construction costs. And Noel is the COO of Project Mark and previously spent 10 years as a construction manager in the industry working with AECOM and AECOM Tishman on a range of projects across the Irish, UK, and US markets. Welcome to the show, Tom and Noel. Welcome. It's exciting. Thanks for having us. Thank uh, you. Looking forward to, to unpacking all things construction and how that touches into the world of marketing. It's stuff. Delighted to be on the show. So I want to hear how you guys got into the construction industry. I, I know that you guys have a, a cool story of how you met and how your paths really crossed several times to, to get to work together. Yeah. So we, I would know myself now each other 14 years now, now is it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Met each other. We've, we've said that for a few years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We've been saying that for quite a long time, but, uh, yeah, we met in college, uh, studied construction economics and management, which is quantity surveying, if you're familiar with that term. Um, then went our separate ways after college. We always used to keep in touch, just talking construction shop and, of course, being good friends. Noel worked in the UK and Ireland. I went to LA to work uh, in LA for about six years. And then, lo and behold, we actually ended up on the same project together in San Francisco. Um, we were working on a high-rise project down in Los Angeles. Noel was leading the Tishman team, senior project manager for a major development in San Francisco. We get an invitation to bid and I, and I was thinking, I know this job name from somewhere. Somebody's told me about this project. And our team had me want, wanted to pitch uh, our team in the interview and, and move up to San Francisco. I call up Noel and I said, do you know the, the, the name of this project? And he was like, that's me and I'm leading the interviews. So <laughs> 14 years later, you have you know, your college roommate interviewing you and one of probably the biggest job for our company at that time so we were all super nervous and it's it's even it's even more nerve-wracking presenting in front of you know somebody you know for so long but it was uh we ended up working on that project together for a couple of years and and it was great to reconnect and then lo and behold we're we're now starting project marketing and, and doing better new things I'll tell you, Todd, it was a very interesting dynamic interviewing your college roommate. Yeah. I yeah. remember being in the in the media and just put my head down and asked everyone to start their introductions, just taking some notes. And then I hear Tom introduce himself and I was like, where'd that business voice come yeah. from? I've never heard Tom's business voice before. Yeah. So that's awesome. funny. <laughs> Yeah. Did you make sure to kind of put him through the, the ringer, ask him all the, the tough questions? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think the got, hardest I, interview yet. Yeah, I think I got the worst treatment, to be honest. Yeah. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. As you yeah. should. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of That's fun. That's awesome. <laughs> At least I enjoyed it. <laughs> so how did you guys get the idea then to join forces and, and start Project Mark? Yeah, we were always kind of, Tom was always just, spouting ideas to me suggesting ideas and i was always saying no um but i was like he's, he's got a got a head in him for ideas i was thinking about stuff and 
I was like, maybe I'll start thinking about it as well. And I just thought of one idea and I was like, I love the idea of maps. I was like, I know how the DBI works. Every single job is tagged to location. It's categorized based on the sector, the size, the approximate value. I was like, it'd be so much easier for contractors to find their jobs if they could just open a map, find the location in the city, the sector it's in, the type of construction, et cetera, and be able to find them in that way. And I just suggested it to Tom one day and he came back and said, a couple of days later, he just went off to his own due diligence and came back and said, you know, that's been done before, but what about this idea? And he kind of introduced the idea of Project Mark then, a maps-based interface where companies are able to market their project experience and then be source-based on it. So at that time, we both sat down and we said, let's start working on this idea together. And, and that's just over two years ago now. Yeah, it was really interesting, Todd. We were looking at the landscape in general and, you know, you think of contact and, and you automatically think build the work, right? The, the project manager, project management software is the estimating software is the, um, you know, the health and safety software is and, and also the planning, the work side of things where, you know, you've got collaborative tools like join and things like that. We seen the opportunity in the opportunity phase, the marketing phase, just based on our own experiences. It was, it was on that project we were asked to qualify a whole list of vendors based on experience. And, you know, we're in, in the city of San Francisco, we're looking at a whole bunch of different high rises. Why don't we know that information instantly when all of these businesses have websites and things like that? So that was the initial concept. And as, as Noel and myself continued our due diligence based on our experience over the last 10 years in the, the RFP process and that being, uh, you know, uh, a, a, a much a much more difficult task than it, than, it, than it can be with regards to, you know, all the data that needs to be collected together. It's often, you know, the, the very last minute we, we, aim, we, we end up submitting a proposal. We wanted that to streamline that based on, you know, centralizing, uh, you know, content management. So, um, yeah, and, and we're getting a great reaction uh, early days. That's awesome. I, I want to dive in yeah. more, but I want to circle back before. Uh, so, no, you said that you guys launched this two years ago. That puts you right at the, the start of COVID times, yeah. right? What was, what were you guys thinking? What was that like? <laughs> launching yeah. right at a, was it, was it right a, before the pandemic or right after? Love to hear that. It was a scary moment. Obviously, we just sat down. We did a lot of it part-time, conceptualizing, just drawing things out on a piece of paper. And uh, at the time... It was just pre-pandemic and we said let's let's give this a go we kind of picked our our hardest advocates the guys who give us the most grilling on these things and we went with them with the idea and they were like it's a good idea and they were like oh we have to do it now yeah <laughs> it was just a coincidence that the pandemic came and to be honest the pandemic had a lot of benefits to us yeah. um it was it was a mixed bag you know because everyone was working remotely you were able just to get so many zooms in zoom after zoom after zoom get feedback from people on the concept without initially having to take that huge leap of going to meet people for meetings and things like that face to face so it definitely had a lot of pluses for us and obviously a lot of negatives for a lot of people as well but at the same time people were looking for the next step in innovation. How, how can we differentiate ourselves because you're anticipating a downturn as well. So yeah. it was, it was interesting, interesting time for us to actually take that leap, but definitely I would say on the overall, it probably assisted us yeah. as, as strange as it seems. I was just going to say it's probably tough in the mental health with back to back Zoom for, <laughs> yeah. you know, every day for five days a week. 
but yeah, zoom uh, fatigue is real yeah, yeah exactly. oh it's so real <laughs> but extre- extremely efficient as now mentioned yeah. yeah that's awesome uh what were some maybe lessons learned uh, of starting a, a new company having to pitch the the concept during the crazy unpredictable time lessons learned um so let's many, see i mean yeah. definitely so there's so many there's so many lessons learned i think what we did quite well but definitely learned the lesson earlier on was to speak to as many people as possible we spoke to a few first of all and the more people we spoke to opened more doors to speak to more people in uh in different locations different kind of backgrounds and things like that all centered around either um, construction or or fundraising and things like that um so definitely learn the lesson early doors to speak to as many people as possible first to validate the concept but also to validate the business model and things like that yeah yeah no i i i'd agree it's it's learning about your customer we, we were lucky in the sense that we we knew a lot of people in the industry we knew then as as our product started to evolve who was most tailored the folks that we probably thought our product was for at the start wasn't for yeah. them at all and it's really only now that product is is ready for the more kind of bigger sophisticated companies um so that was a learning curve in itself just based on conversations based on you know the back and forth with our early customers they have guided us through you know the last two years of of building on on top of uh of what we currently started with or what we started with in the past create a common data environment for your team with 360 sync 360 sync automatically transfers organize and archives project files across applications. It is the only way to automatically sync project files between your server, Procore, BIM360, Bluebeam, or any other platform you use. 360 Sync is the only document management system designed by and for the AEC industry. Users have automatically transferred over 1 million files and over 2 million syncs. Set it and forget it. Create a common data environment for your team today using 360 Sync. Visit asti.com slash 360 Sync for more information. Yeah, that's interesting. So as a, a marketing guy, I got to your website yeah. and my kind of ears perked up <laughs> when I, I saw the tagline, the AEC marketing made easy. What do you think are, are some of the, the biggest marketing problems that the industry is, is facing right now? Well, you know, like how you present your, your business is becoming more and more important in the construction industry. It's becoming just as important as price. And what you're seeing now more often than not is that it's just as important as the bottom line. And it's just about it's about your suitability for the project as much as it is the price and how you present how suitable your business is, your past experience, um, your approach to ESG, BIM, quality, safety, all of these various things. Clients are becoming more and more sophisticated with the questions they're asking. So how you respond to those and how you can respend, re- present the suitability of your business is so, so important. Just for example, in the last project, myself and Tom worked on the decision or the award criteria was split 50-50 between quantitative, which is the cost, and qualitative, which is your business's suitability. So we learned really through that that it's 
it's super important, uber important, how you can present yourself, how you can capture and maintain your client's engagement through various different mediums, whether it's your RFP, whether it's the interview, bid presentation, your website, et cetera. And that's really what it comes down to. The, the challenge is presenting your business in the most favorable way and engaging manner with all of the right content. And that just compounds the proposal pressure that companies are under. You know, now that you have to spend more time, uh, more effort, more cost, creating your proposals, presenting your business is compounding that. And I guess the final challenge really in my mind that I would say is from a marketing perspective in the industry is visibility. In, in a world now really defined by tech where there's so much more competition for visibility, it's how can you present your product? And an analogy we like to use is if you look at any other industry, any other sector, there are marketplaces there for companies to market their product and then be sourced based on that product. In construction, we don't have it. And if you think about it, the product we sell in construction are the projects that we build. There's no marketplace there for you to advertise your product and then be sourced based on it. So visibility is becoming a huge thing and it obviously goes deeper into digital marketing, content marketing, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. There's no, there's not that one kind of common source place where you can go and find a you know, if you want to look at who's built all the, the latest cool stadiums or something yeah. and get really specific, you have to kind of go do your own research on yeah, exactly. individual one and not have that centralized place. Exactly. And that just, it leads to more opportunities. It informs the client, it informs the contractors about who's the most suitable people who've done it most recently. And if you think about it, these are all the questions that everybody asks either in an interview in a pre-qualification process the common denominator you're asked in every scenario is tell me why you're qualified to do the job. And it's all about presenting your past experience, your team, your, your company, et cetera. Yeah. Why, why isn't there a marketplace for you to do that? If you want to get an Uber, get a hotel, get any, anything in any other industry, there's a marketplace there for you to find it based on what they've done in the past and ability to refine your search, et cetera. There needs to be something like that in construction. Yeah. I want to pick up on that presenting yourself kind of in the, um, the, the best possible way. What, what are some ways that the people should kind of think through that? And then maybe what are some, some low hanging fruits that people, they want to kind of take that the first step in doing the next right thing. What should they do? I think it's quality, you know, it's, it's, it's a quality output where extreme, I think it was 95% of people know in a Harvard study decisions were made subconsciously Imagine you were, you getting two estimates with the same price. One was done like on the, you know on the back of a piece of paper, and and one was you know highly qualitative. It looked great. What number do you believe the more the most? It's 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 very similar to the construction process. The more you can present yourself in a in a better manner, the better chance you know there you instill confidence in that owner's decision about your business. Um, you know, just touching back on what Noel had mentioned about some of the challenges, the infrastructure, lack of infrastructure for a big portion of the mid-market, oftentimes we've met customers that they've one marketer that is just on, under so much pressure in terms of proposals, spontaneous requests, managing the website. So we've built tools around, uh, you know, for that business that allows them to completely streamline that process, but also allow their doer sellers or the BD folks in the business to, to come in and, and develop content really, really easily. 
Um, but yeah, going back to your first question, it's all about you know the quality uh, that you can present, whether that's online or in the interview process um, or through you know means of collateral that you send across. Yeah, like as Tom mentioned, the low-hanging fruit is quality. There's no excuse for poor quality in this day and age when yeah. there's so many resources available to all types of companies. Yeah. After that, it's how much further can you go in terms of engagement? Yeah. How can you capture their engagement and maintain it? Whether that's through interactive widgets, an interactive map, video content, things that let your client know that, yes, I've listened to your questions and I'm answering your questions specifically for you. That's how you get to the next step of being in the upper echelon of contractors, no matter what lane where you're in, your reputation or however you fit. It's, it's all about letting your client know that you've listened to them. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, that's the that's the name of the game in, in marketing is being able to match your story with the the needs of the the client and everything. One of the things that I really liked about Project Mark when I I got to see the the platform was the the templates that you guys have in place to make it easier for somebody that Tom you had mentioned that you, if you have a, a one man band marketing person, there's so much that has to go through that. Yep. one person yep. that those templates really help streamline it and then gives the freedom and flexibility for others to come in and, you know, type in whatever content that they need to make it more specific, but they, they have those branding guardrails on so that every single thing that goes out looks like it's the, the top quality that it can be. It, exactly. We've, we've looked at our customers from the smaller folks to the more sophisticated and, and we're looking at products across all scales. We know, you know, uh, companies that don't have the time for, you know, individual designs and things like that. We provide the designs for them that they can, you know, generate really slick outputs. But we know for architects and we know for more sophisticated companies or, or should I say larger companies, they're, they're not going to want to compare themselves in any way to their competitor with that same template. So we knew there was a, uh, uh, an ability or, or a means of flexibility that we had to create and, something that we just released and i think you, you've seen uh, the the demo version of before we just release it is essentially a a canva for construction um it's it's a you know it's the only kind of construction focused editor underpinned by content that you store on project marks so we're super excited about uh and it goes back to our 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 mentioning about us being now ready for some of the bigger firms where we thought we were ready you know a year ago um so we're excited about how we can help companies really across the board. Yeah, that's awesome. So one of the other big aspects of this is creating those connections across the, the industry. How do you guys go about really establishing those, those better connections through AEC? Well, the one thing when myself and Tom sat down to, I guess, take stock of what we knew about the industry and what, what we wanted to build for the industry, the common denominator across all of this is the projects that we work on. And I feel it's the one single thing that connects us are the buildings that we build or the projects that we build. And it's something that everybody is always proud about. I built this, I built that, putting your name on the map, putting your buildings on the map. And that's kind of where we started off. Let's allow people to leave their mark on the industry in a, in a, a literal sense as well. And when you think about it, everybody loves to market what they do. In your resume, you've got the projects that you work on, the experience that you have. When you build a project, you've got fencing around the side, people are advertising, I worked here, I worked there. 
And that's what we try to keep to the core of what we're trying to build. And it's projects that we work on. It's the one thing that connects everybody in the industry. The Bridging the Gap podcast is brought to you by Applied Software. With solutions for the modern project, Applied Software is on a mission to transform industries by empowering clients and championing innovation with real-world expert consultants. Their comprehensive array of solutions for AEC, MEP, and manufacturing has a singular focus, helping you achieve higher performance. With software, training, support, consulting, and custom development, Applied Software has you covered. Visit asti.com and let them know we sent you. That's awesome. So it's really coming at it from the, the people side of the equation, right? Doesn't all the, the information kind of stay with that person? So even if they go to a different company, their projects are still linked to them. So that visibility is there. Exactly. And, and that's a huge part of, you know, winning new business with a new employee, right? It's, it's, you know, if I was to move to a different business, of course, they're going to want to optimize my past experience to, to win that next project. So like Noel said, the, the common denominator across every individual, every company, no matter what the location or what, no matter what the size of the company is, is, you know, what projects have you, have you worked on? For us, it's about pulling it all together. We kind of really see three pillars. It's your company, project experience of that company and the people and their experience and that's what the client is interested about it's how you connect all of those three together either in your proposals in your interviews on your website to tell the next client and the one after that that these group of people or this combination of different people have the right skills and the right experience to build your similar relevant project yeah mm-hmm. so here's a kind of a, a- technical question on it on how it all works between project mark and then somebody's actual website does how does that relationship does it is it an iframe that that comes in or is there a direct link do they send people over to project marker no it's, it's simply an iframe what we want to do or part of our goal is just to streamline your processes make sure that it's easier you know a lot of small construction companies do not have the resources to keep their websites up to date so part of what we want to do is just make it easier for you. And so what we do is instead of paying an external person or in a lot of cases, never ever updating your website, what we have is a simple plugin through an iframe that you were already managing your portfolio and project mark. You copy that code, paste it into your own website. And from that point on, anytime you want to update your own website, add a project there, which in our opinion, the most important thing you can have on your website is your project portfolio. So what our iframe allows you to do is in 60 seconds or less, you can go into project mark, add a project to project mark, and it will simultaneously add to your website. But the added benefit of that is you now have a project in your database of project mark that you can advertise on the external network, be sourced based on that experience. And then you can use that project in your proposal builder that we have on the platform too. If a client asks you, What's your relevant experience? Show me a list of commercial projects you've completed in the last five years. You're able to apply some filters, find that data, and automatically import it into a proposal. So that's, again, our overall goal is connecting people based on those projects, but just streamlining the processes, providing that simple infrastructure that you may not otherwise have. Yeah, I love that. You get that that two-for-one benefit. I tease with website designs that it 
it's one of my least favorite aspects of marketing because as soon as you get the website updated it's out of date yeah. and you have to yeah. kind of restart the whole process again so sure. <laughs> even for that makes that easier yeah. i'm all for yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's essentially, to, to really simplify, it's essentially a checklist of what you can do with your project and team experience. You know, how many, how many things can you do and how many things can we build to be able for you to optimize having it at one location? And, you know, we've, we've a lot of really cool stuff in the pipeline just to make it easier and most importantly, more engaging. Um, you know, we see Project Mark being uh, in the interview situation. How can we have things in the interview like like doc send as a part of our pitch deck you know can project mark be a part of companies pitches and uh yeah super excited about what what we have planned yeah nice well, one of the things that i think is really cool about what you guys are doing is allowing smaller contractors and teams to really kind of go more toe-to-toe with uh, bigger companies yeah. how do you think that technology really allows then the the smaller teams and contractors to punch above their weight and compete more effectively with those big contractors yeah i, I guess it's just for the folks that can't afford the resources or the salaries to be able to do so there's there's so much tech out there and it's 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 really exciting to see the different products that can be utilized and it's there's a big part of you know yourself, uh, Todd, that is educating the market on, on different solutions for the small and mid mid tier market. But certainly, today is uh, you know 2021 provides an opportunity for a lot of uh, companies to optimize technology at a, a much more affordable rate to compete and to level up with uh, with the bigger companies. And it's becoming ever more uh, important as well with you know DEI provisions and and having to procure small businesses and local business entities. Now we want small and local businesses to get the job because they're more than qualified, not just because they have the certification. And that's how smaller businesses should look, look at themselves as well. Mm -hmm. I think when it comes to actually delivering work, the, the level of quality between the labor force is definitely right there. It's just the bigger companies have a bit of a, a step up in, in being able to win that work. But yeah. As Tom mentioned, with all these ESG initiatives right now, which are not just in public works anymore, they're becoming more and more prevalent in private works. These companies are essentially just as qualified in, an, in a lot of senses, but they just don't have that infrastructure to present themselves in the right manner to be able to be sourced in that way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, how has the marketing in construction, how has that really changed over the last two years? Uh, it's definitely there's a lot more emphasis on uh, digital of, with, with everything else in every other industry yeah. since since the pandemic came everyone is looking for different opportunities in how they can first of all increase their visibility anticipate what's coming or what may be coming in terms of a downturn and try and get ahead of that but then also just making sure because a lot of people have left construction and you'll see a lot of um, articles and things about that about being unable to get the workforce back into construction. Mm -hmm. So there is a huge initiative and there's a huge emphasis on adopting technology to make up for that gap if it maintains a gap. And I think you're going to see a lot more of it. It's a very exciting time in construction technology and a lot of the, the bigger companies are starting to take more notice of it and it's not going away. We've always been innovating in construction, but it's not always been 
from a digital technology perspective I mean, there's so many so many things out there that myself and tom have been keeping an eye on especially being in construction we're super excited about some of them especially from the risk and cost management perspective obviously the project management things have probably been the first things that have been coming to the table but there are things now like supply chain management and materials sourcing which are just from my perspective super exciting out there yeah it's a, it's it's definitely a great time in the contact landscape and like Noel said, uh, the willingness to adopt or the willingness to entertain, you know, contact solutions is only ever increasing. So, you know, a great time even for our solution um, to, 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 to be up and running. Yeah, I agree. This next decade, I think, is, is an exciting time for, for contact. The explosion that has happened over the, the last few years and the accelerant that was uh, 2020. Yeah. I think it puts it all in a, a really good, good spot uh, for everything to kind of converge together. What do you think the, the industry's going to look like then in, you know, five, 10 years down the road? Want to take that now? Well, the first, the first thing that came into my head, and this may or may not be a thing, but um, if you think about how blockchain works and the ability to have these open ledgers, to see where the transactions are being made, not just from a monetary perspective, but from the transactions in terms of sourcing materials, sourcing people, and everything is on an open ledger. I mean, I yeah. have a very limited knowledge about blockchain. My buddy's, <laughs> my buddy's doing a master's. He did his, um, did his dissertation on it, and he was explaining all of this to me, and I was like, wow, if, if that actually happens, it's huge, but there might be some resistance to that in the construction industry because... Probably in a lot a of senses, we don't <laughs> like that level of transparency. Yeah. But something like that, I mean, it, the, the opportunities out there with things like that are incredible. And that just in terms of automating all of these processes, not just from a process manner, but from an actual physical on-site manner with robots doing drywall, doing everything, <laughs> and even demolition. It's, it's crazy. There's, it could be a completely different world. Yeah, I think the most things that I'm excited about are the are the products that I know nothing about, just because I'm fascinated by them. Um, you know, Noel had mentioned the drywall robot. We we were invited down to Canvas Construction a couple of years back, going through their shop, and it was just it was just incredible to see what impact they could have in the next ten years and on the prefabrication space, industrialized construction. It's just a lot of things going on. Um, what's that company name? Is it Icon that produced the 3D houses? Uh, I believe it's Icon 3D. Um, again, I re read an article about them uh, two weeks ago. It's just fascinating stuff. Yeah, 3D printing, it's crazy as well. It's just, it's its getting essentially bigger and bigger in a sense, what you're able to create with that. Yeah, yeah. I feel like there's so uh, many different areas that are, now in the realm of possibility, it's going to be interesting to see which one kind of latches on and For sure. takes root. Hey, innovators. Over the last year hosting this podcast, recording over 65 episodes with the greatest minds throughout the construction industry, I started to notice common themes in each episode. We've had waves of disruption and a digital transformation impacting every aspect of construction and the leadership skills required to successfully navigate these waters. The simple fact is there are those who allow themselves to be carried along by the waves of changes taking place. And there are others who wanna take an active part in changing things for the better. In my opinion, during times of disruption, good leadership is all the more important. 
People will follow a compelling vision and are looking for leaders to pave the way no matter where they are in the industry. So I decided to compile my thoughts into an ebook for my listeners. You can download my new ebook titled Leading Through Disruption and Digital Transformation for free at bridgingthegappod.com slash ebook. Once you do, I'd love to hear your feedback. As always, keep innovating. Yeah. If you could kind of snap your fingers and innovate one thing in the industry, what would it be? Uh, not being biased for ourselves, I would say pre-con that's, that's the closest to where I'm, I'm from. Um, you know, I think there's, there's a lot of great products out there, like the joins of the world that are doing some really great stuff on the pre-construction cost management space. And I've just, I've lived through the process of, you know, spending, you know, a year, two years in designing and, and cost ma- and the whole cost management phase and, and the project still ends up 30% over budget. Surely, <laughs> you know. There's, there's a time and a place that that doesn't happen anymore. So for yeah. me, I think I would love to see just more streamlined uh, processes in place. And, and, and often in the UK and Ireland, there, there is streamlined processes in place already just based on the, the setup there. But over here, there's just there's some great products out there that I think are going to really help the management of, of the pre-construction planning side of things. And I would yeah. love to see that. Uh, it would save a lot of headache, that's for sure. You touch on something there, like there's so much historical data out there and it's just about being able to collate that and aggregate it in. And, and that's not just cost data, it's um, schedule data, construction data. Just if we can pull all of that together, there are so many lessons learned. You can see a project, profile it and be able to make a more, I guess, established estimate on where this will eventually end up. And there's so much of that out there. And it's not just based on a project, but based on where its location is. So many other factors. I think there's huge opportunities to pull all of that together and just bring it into a centralized manner to be able to make those estimates. Yeah. Nice. Well, how do people find out more information and connect with you all? Yeah. Just head to projectmark.com. Um, there's a request a demo button on the top right-hand corner if I, or, or bottom right-hand corner um just shoot us a message and uh yeah i think it is both um shoot us a message and would would love to chat sounds good well last question for you both what does innovation mean to you change yeah change exactly what i was gonna say yeah it's always evolving yeah i was just looking for the next thing just making improvements i like it well guys thanks so much for coming on the show and and talking enjoy the conversation awesome And now it's time for my Todd takes from this episode. First take, the image that you are putting out around your company and yourself matters. First impressions are powerful. You wanna make sure you're putting your best foot out there every time. Second take, when thinking through some ways to better market your brand, I always like to step back and put myself in the shoes of my target audience. What are they thinking and feeling? Once I know that, I can start helping them get to their destination. And final take, it is so important to let people know that you are actively listening. I try to make it a point to not be the first one to speak when sharing information. Sounds funny at first, but if I don't know where my audience is coming from, I'm not gonna know where to start sharing the relevant information. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you are interested in learning more, you can visit our sponsor, Applied Software at asti.com for more information. You can listen to this podcast anytime by simply going to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Also, be sure to check out our website, bridgingthegappod.com. As always, I'm Todd Wyant. Thank you for joining us on the Bridging the Gap podcast. Keep innovating. Bridging the Gap is directed and produced by Todd Wyant. Edited and produced by Eric Daniel. Bridging the Gap is an applied software production. Copyright Applied Software 2021.